0: Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Before I start, I really just want to take this opportunity to um, really thank Natasha and Jonathan. um, One, for giving me this opportunity to share with you, Uh, because it's been a journey, and I would not have been able to do it without Natasha and Jonathan, all of you, and the whole of the church and celebration movement, not just, I see you, Donna, (laughs) not just um, here. I just really want to thank yous. Um, So thank you to everyone who have contributed. You know, they've helped financially. Um, You have helped me just by messaging me. And most of all, every single one of you who have prayed you have you have prayed um that was so powerful that prayer it, it's real it works when you get a corporate group of believers believers in jesus when you all believe and you believe in the miracle you believe what god's word says then your prayers will be answered you've got to believe that and you have got to have that faith um uh, not only was it praying here, there was walk with church. Sorry, this hands can't stop shaking. <laughs> walk with church was praying, um, and they didn't even know me. And yet, you had a team praying there. And then, when I got to Christchurch, they were praying. Even my family, who not even Christians, they prayed. You know, so all those who prayed, i was just so grateful. Papa Don even managed to get summoned down in uh israel and actually stuck a prayer on the prayer wall in israel so hey how good is that so when you think about the amount of people who are praying in one accord it's got to work eh? yeah um and just just a couple of verses just to highlight that before i get started is like matthew 18 19 to 20 again i say to you if two or more agree on this earth about anything they ask it will be done for them, by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be among you, grasp that guys, grasp that, also Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. and whatever you ask for in prayer, you will receive if you have faith, okay, so just to start us off, Romans eight thirty-two. he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he not also, along with him, graciously give up all things? God gave his son, his son for you, for every single person in this room, for all of us, including me. He gave his son. He he died on the cross for us. Do you grasp that? Do people in this room grasp how, how serious and how important and how real that is? Because he died on that cross for us not just for sickness, for sin, for everything. When you grasp this that whole concept, you're going to you're going to move in God. You're going to move mountains in God. His word, this Bible is real. It's real. Every single verse in it is his promise. It's not just a whole lot of words, it's not just a whole lot of lot of not anything. It is his word. And what he says in this is his promise. And I'll keep on going back to that. So your prayers were really, really powerful. And I knew, I knew you were praying. I knew when you were praying. Because I could actually feel it. I'm not kidding. I could feel it. And I'll talk about that as I go along. And I'll give you examples because prayer is so tr- surreal. So on the 29th of November, I'm going to talk about the journey, and I'm going to try and add to it, and hopefully you'll get all this. Um, I, was a, I was admitted to Rarotong Hospital with a sore knee, <laughs> just a sore knee, and I had fatigue, um, and I just I had no energy. So I was actually diagnosed with anemia, and they suspected leukemia. Um, that night, I just thought, okay, my brother, I've actually had a brother who died of leukemia. So I just accepted, okay, this is my time, I'm ready to go, you know, it's just me, it's not a problem, If I'm ready to go with God, I kind of accepted it. But the next morning when I woke up, I had this real powerful feeling that it wasn't my time, it wasn't my time to go. And I thought, well, is that is that me, just being wishful, <laughs> wishful thinking, or is that God placing this feeling on my heart? I wasn't sure, I was a little bit confused, um, but anyway, I... I didn't know what to do really, but I just said it didn't make sense. The reason why is because three weeks previously, I'd been to Israel, and I went to Israel, and I'm not kidding when I say God totally provided, totally. He provided my airfares. He provided my tour fares, He provided everything. I had no money. I had actually stopped working that year, and God miraculously provided me with everything that I needed, and not only did he provide me with that, he even paid all my bills. <laughs> I had a car, I'm, I'm so serious. He gave me a car, he gave me every bill I had. I had a tax bill, done. I had a bank bill, done. So I thought, well, how can it be my time if I still haven't shared what God has done? Because God gets the glory. He's not gonna give you all this glory and then you, you disappear. He wants you to share it. So if, I was thinking, well, yeah maybe oh, it's not my time and then natasha came to visit me i didn't tell her i didn't tell her that i had been diagnosed with leukemia i'd only been i already told her i had anemia <laughs> and anyway so she she was you know with me and as she walked away a couple minutes later she gave me a verse she texted me a verse and the verse was psalms one one eight seventeen. you shall not die but live and proclaim the works of the lord God had to have given her that, how would, he have, how would she have known what I was on my heart? It could have only been God. So for me, that was confirmation. So when I got that, I believed, right, I'm gonna have a miracle. You know, I'm a great faith believer, I believe in miracles. So I thought, it's not gonna be leukemia, I'm gonna get to Auckland and it's going to be anemia, you know, and then they can fix me up and send me back home. So yeah, it was a, it was a God miracle, I was gonna get that overnight. So I got referred to New Zealand, got assessed, and confirmed AML Leukaemia, and a very nasty one at that. <laughs> they admitted me straight away, and they placed me into a four-person room, which was a real blessing, because I had a beautiful people in that room, and became really close with one of the ladies, Lynn. And it was a blessing, because you're surrounded by positive people. And if you've got a sickness, or you're feeling down and whatever the situation is, it's, it's about keeping a cheerful heart. It's like Proverbs 17:22. It says, um, a cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the soul, dries, dries up the bones. It's so true. We need to keep a cheerful heart at all times because when you're feeling crushed, you'll just get crushed. And because I had no immediate family in Auckland, um, I was trying to get to Christchurch. And so the night before I was meant to fly out, I got an infection. <laughs> I got a friction. uh I didn't really realise how unwell I was. I got really quite unwell. I was put on oxygen. I was taken into a different room. And I was told later that I was seriously ill. I, I didn't know. I told um, Natasha, uh, that's when your your 21-day uh, fast started, fasting and prayer, and that's when it began. That's when you guys started praying hard out for me and for other, you know And... um. And I knew it. I, honestly, I knew it. I was really sick and I'd be lying there and then suddenly I'd feel good. I'd feel good. And I'd think, ah, oh, those guys are praying for me. I mean, you know, you're just like, you knew because you feel okay. And then I started, I couldn't read. I, I struggled reading. So I started making those cards. <laughs> Those cards aren't from friends, as all the doctors will come and say, oh, you're popular. I was like, no, no, I made them for me. (laughs) I made them myself. (laughs) But they're memory verses. So I had them all spread around the room, um, and I just made one each day, and that I could just soak in the words of God, because I couldn't couldn't remember it otherwise. Um, But yeah, the nurses told me later that I was bad, uh, but I just had this sense of peace around me all the time. Um, this was when Rachel told me that her church was praying for me as well. So yeah, I was getting really blessed. You know, the blessing even came when the timing was right. When they sent me from New Zealand, uh, from Raro to New Zealand, it was two days later I got that infection. If I had got that infection here, there was no way. No way they could have coped with that in, in um, Raro. So the blessing of even when I was sent was perfect, even though they lost my referral, (laughs) took a few weeks, I still got there in time, so that was God. Um, Doctors identified I had that nasty type of leukemia, like it's, yeah, not a good one. Um, So they decided they're gonna put me on chemo straight away. Um, And they also decided that if I got through this, I'm gonna have to have a bone marrow transplant. So it started, but my uh, side effects were limited, you know? I knew everyone was praying every day, and it, it was limited. I had high fevers, but not severe. I didn't have any nausea, which is normal for leukemia. Um, I didn't lose my hair, actually. I got hairier, <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> um, I didn't have any major complication besides that first initial time when I got there. I was, uh, I was in constant contact with uh, Natasha and Rachel, and um, the prayers are so powerful that they even sent me little snippets of um, what you were doing. You know, RPE sent me a copy, uh, Natasha and, and um, Rachel, and same with Catherine. You know, so I was getting all these little prayer snippets. Uh, actually, you even tried to show me a service one time, but it cocked out. <laughs> but, you know, but seeing people praying for you, it just, man, it just elevated the faith that I had. Knowing that you guys who love God was praying for me really humbling as well so um, during that time Brian and Rachel came over uh, they came over a lot and they gave me this book it was really interesting Christ the healer this is not to replace the bible nothing like that but Brian said to me study this book study this book and I thought well I can't even read (laughs) but um, it took me like a couple of months to read it but it was really powerful it just basically says the word, the word don 't just read it, I thought I, th- I thought I was uh, I was okay with the reading the word, but the word has to be in your heart, has to be implanted, and i 'm not talking just surface deep it has to be implanted so that you can keep drawing on it and so I, I start tried to read that, and around the same time, Jonathan actually Jonathan, you sent me. Um, I reckon every single verse in the Bible that talked about healing, Jonathan sent every single lesson plan. And I couldn't read, so the only way I could try and soak it in was I rewrote it all. (laughs) So I sat there every day and might have written a page, a page, but as I wrote each verse, it just reminded me, Jesus healed everyone. Every single person who asked for healing, he healed. And there was 28 pages of preached notes that Jonathan had sent me, and every single page talked about how Jesus heals everyone. So um, I just a verse, Proverbs four twenty twenty two. Because I couldn't, I couldn't read very easily or take things in. As I said, I made those cards. And that verse is like, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to um, a man's whole body. The word is life. It really is life. And it doesn't matter if it's not about a physical healing. It's about a healing in you, whether it's an emotional healing or any kind of healing you're going through. I hope this, this talk I'm sharing will cater for everyone's needs no matter what it is I was blessed with a lot of visitors um, in Auckland um, especially the members from the church and when this journey first started I, I was actually given a word I believe in Auckland and it was about sticking the our church celebration not to, not to put down any other church I just want to make that clear but celebration church is in order the leaders are in order and that we need to, when getting prayer, I need to be prayed upon by my leaders of my house. And that was really strong for me. I really, I really felt, because you know how everybody wants to come and they want to share and they want to pray for you. For me, I felt really strongly that God said only my house and that when um, my leaders come and anoint me and lay hands on me, it has to be within my house, not everybody's house's house. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. Because your house, regardless of what church you go to, you know them, you know the integrity of them, and you know what they're putting on you. And that's why I knew that when I had laid, people laid hands on me, I knew that it was people in God who loved God. So it's like James said four fifteen to sixteen, anyone of you who is sick, he should call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them in oil in the name of Jesus. And a prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise up in him. It's what the Word says. It's what the Word says. Anyway, um, I mentioned I had a really strong chemo, and they zapped it all, zapped me hard out, (laughs) Uh, but it didn't work. Um... Yeah, (laughs) they they said they're going to have to give me a bone marrow transplant, a bone marrow biopsy to see uh, what the situation was. So they did, but just as they um, had said, that Sophie turned up, and um, she shared with me about Gus and how Gus's father, Gus's father had leukemia, AML, same as me. He had a nasty type as well. He was given six months to live. Um, but that night, the night before he was going to be sent home, he was. God told him. God told him he'd been healed. Eleven years ago now. That was eleven years ago today, I think. <laughs> but I was thinking, yep, I'm going to have that. So although the doctors had said uh, they're still cancer in me, I was thinking, no way, I'm going to have that miracle healing like Gus's dad had, and I was thinking, yeah. Gus's dad goes to the Catholic Church, we got a celebration, I know we're, doing, we're rocking too, so yeah, I've got to get it, I've got you know, to get the miracle healing. So, I believed it. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't get the same miracle healing. I received my results, the chemo didn't work, I still had 80% of cancer left after that strong chemo. There was nothing they could do. Um, and I was given two to four weeks to live. <laughs> it's, you know, and I was like, Lord, how can that be? I so believe I was gonna get a miracle healing. <laughs> I believe that um, I got all these people praying for me. I believe that you're listening to them, you know? And I knew God had been with me. You know, every time I went into a treatment, any kind of procedure, I had this real piece of God around me. I knew he was there through all the treatments. People, the girls who were in the ward with me, they suffered. You know, we we had these things stuck into your chest that they take the bleeding out and they put the chemo in and it's not a nice procedure. They, like, stick it down there and they stick it all over the place. Everything I've had, and I've had pretty much everything... I always felt God's peace around me, so I was thinking, this doesn't make sense. It <laughs> doesn't make sense. So I didn't know what to do, but I rang um, Natasha and Jonathan, and it's like, what do I do? How do I, how do I, you know, what, what's next? What's the next step? And Natasha, and they, and they just said they will pray, and that God was greater. That was it. I must say, when I got off the phone, what do I I thought, I'm going to pray, and God's greater. okay. (laughs) I'm just going to have to believe that, you know? I'm just going to have to believe that. Because when you're hit with something like that, you just think, whoa. Um, And you know what? The next morning, you guys were praying. You guys were praying, and Natasha came back and said, man, that was a powerful prayer. Later that day, the doctor came to me, and he said, we have a plan. (laughs) We have a plan. didn't have a plan yesterday, but we've got a plan today. And the plan... Um, and they gave. Oh, sorry. Natasha gave me this verse, Corinthians four eighteen. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. So, don't look at what I've been told. Keep my faith in what I know is in the Word. For the things which are, are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see how I had to keep going back to the word, to solidify what was happening. And I kept going back to my leaders to, to reinforce this. It was so important, so important for us to do this. So when they t- the doctor came in, they said, okay, we're gonna try another type of chemo. You've got a 10 to 20% chance. Um, we don't think it's gonna work, <laughs> but uh, not on me because I had so many nasty bits. Uh, it's gonna be a rough road. Um, I'm gonna get really sick, and if it does work, then I'm gonna have to have a transplant. So then I'm gonna need uh, matches to go with this. And to get a match that's identical use, a 25% chance. For a Cook Islander and a New Zealand Māori, it's really slim because nobody donates. So prayer, so although that was a plan and it sounded kind of like a dismal plan, it was a plan, so the prayers were answered when I told Jonathan and Natasha, they were like excited. And it's like, a plan, a plan, that's good. And they just kind of seized them. I thought, oh, if they're excited, then I should get excited. So I thought, right, okay. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed for this process that was going to come. It's going to be supernatural. It's going to be effective. I'm going to have donor matches. I'm, God's going to give me more grace every step on the way. And I'm going to have a miracle healing. So I thought, <laughs> right, if they believe that, I'm going to believe it. So I did. So I did. I really believed it. So, I decided I'm going to complete my treatment in Christchurch, flew to to Christchurch that day with my um, sister, she came and got me, that was a miracle, we weren't allowed to fly, I had no immunity, nothing, Uh, but when I hopped on the flight, it was completely full, it was full of Asian people, which was a real blessing, because all of them wore masks, (laughs) so me and everyone else on the plane wore masks, and it it wasn't an issue, I got to Christchurch, met up with my doctor down there, the doctor, Blake, and he goes, um, he reiterated the whole chance thing, he said it's not high, <laughs> um, that I, do I want to spend the next month getting sick and having all this treatment and the chances of this not working, is most likely, or do I want to spend the next four weeks with my family and having a quality of life? It was uh, something to think about, but then after again speaking to Natasha and Jonathan, she suggested just to go with the peace of God, and go with wisdom, so after that, that's how I, I, I dealt with all the decisions I made, go with God's peace, and his wisdom, so I thought, well, someone's got to have that, someone's got to be in that 10% bracket, God's got me, I know that, you guys are praying for me, I know that, so I'm going to go for it, so I went for it, <laughs> and they, um, the doctors and the nursing, nurses, they were really amazing. I only had one Christian nurse, one Christian doctor out of everybody. Everyone else was non-Christian. Um, and so because there were so many non-Christian people around me, they were amazing. That's why I really focused on stuff like that. Focused on the, the word, focused on cards. It's just so that I could kind of, kind of stay strong. Uh, when I got down there, they, um, this church had organized with Christchurch Church to send a leader to me, and so Georgie and her husband Grant came down, and they, they were my spiritual connection when I got to Christchurch, so I was still getting filled, even though, you know, I was in the hospital, they'd come and see me. It wasn't an easy process, it wasn't an easy process at all, going to Christchurch and told that you um, weren't going to make it, pretty much. You know, I had the hospice come and visit me. I had all the nurses come and visit me. They were doing my end-of-life care plans and all this kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> I'm getting hit up, hit up all the time by you're not going to make it. And um, so I really kept turning to my leaders down there and my leaders here. I had to keep turning to, to what I could read in the Word or just keep reading that. It was the only way you could cope because you could keep strong, and it worked. I used to listen to your iPods every day. I could say every day if not all day I keep playing them over and over again um so it was it was it was tough but when Georgie and Georgie came to visit I got prayer a real prayer you know hands on again and just disappeared all the anxiousness would just go is that powerful Jesus Jesus really he heals everyone no, he just, he's there with you. And even though I did not feel Jesus like I do here, you know, when I'm here, I feel his tangible spirit. I feel him like he's like right here. When I was down in when I was going through this journey, he wasn't that tangible, strong feeling. It was just a sense of peace. It was quiet. It was like that be still moment. And that's that's how it was when I was walking through this journey. It was just a still moment. It wasn't this hyped up exciting thing which I always feel here it was so different but it was so beautiful I, I mentioned earlier about Asai, 53, 53.5 you know he was placed on that cross for our transgressions um, he was crushed for our iniquiti- iniquities uh, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we were healed I, I grasped that I grasped that i I'd go back to the verse that um, Natasha gave. I will not die, but live and proclaim the works of the Lord. The devil wants me out of here. But man, I'm coming back in a vengeance. I'm coming back, and I am going to just just push for the word of God. So if any of you out there who are only on the halfway, on the you know, lukewarm or whatever, you better come see me, because I'm going <laughs> to knock that out of you, because you don't have time. You don't have time. When Jesus died on the cross for us, he died for us all. Get our lives together. Get your lives together. We need to. We don't have time. Do you believe in this? Do you really believe in this? I want you to really think about, do you really believe in this? Because if you don't, you need to believe in this all I can say because it's true. So I had my treatment um, that next round and miraculously I was clear. 2%, 2% cancer was still, shots were still floating around. They did everything and it was like, oh my gosh, Donna, you are clear. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm a miracle A, eh? And he goes, the doctor goes, yeah because he could not believe it, could not believe it, so they decided, right, we're going to do it again, we're going to chemo you again, so, um, but, but instead of praying for healing now, Natasha got in touch with me and said, you are healed, thank God for the healing, don't keep praying for healing, because that gives you, this like doubt, now you need to claim it and say, I am healed, I am healed, thank you Jesus for the healing, so I started doing that, so all my cards kind of changed, it was more about minds getting attacked, I was getting attacked all the time, you know, giving that doubt uh, um, is it going to come back, you know is it going to this, is it going to that but I was just like, nope, I'm going to start um, fully out verses and that, that strengthened me with that so again I was believing in the miracle healing <laughs> Gus's dad's healing I, want, I still wanted that, I was still believing in it so I was thinking, okay, I'm going to have another bout of chemo but I'm not going to have the bone marrow transplant. I'm not having that, because God's going to heal me, so no, I'm not going to need that. So that was the plan. So this round was a toughie. This is a super toughie. This time, I had lots of fevers. I was really sick. 24 hours, fevers all day, fevers all night. It was a, I couldn't eat. Um, I was weak. I couldn't walk. I couldn't dress myself. Couldn't do nothing. I was full of infections. They couldn't find the infection, so they did a biopsy on my lung. They made a bit of an oopsie and they pierced it and my lung collapsed and it was filled with with blood. I was taken to ICU, Um, they rang my family and said I'm not gonna make it because um, they made a bit of a mistake. (laughs) And when I was in ICU, (laughs) I was lying there thinking, wow, this is really lovely. (laughs) The nurses are really lovely, they were giving me leg massages and all these really cool things. I'm not realising that I was critical Georgie and and Octavia in Christchurch they hadn't heard from me so they rang my brother and said what's happened to Donna we're really worried about her and they said well the doctors have just said she's not going to make it she's in ICU and they were like what and so the two of them got together and they just warfareed 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 and they warfareed for me and prayed for me I don't know if they contacted anyone else I'm not sure about when I was in ICU but they warfareed to a state where they got and they thought okay, it's fine now, huh? it's fine, and then they were like, knew that God had, they would warfareed out the bad stuff, and I just knew everything was fine, I was just lying there thinking everything was beautiful, <laughs> the roses were shining, you know, the sun was shining, everything was great, I didn't realize that everyone was warfaring hard out for me, so again, God's peace, his sense of peace was surrounding me, even through those knacky times, I got back into the ward, my lung was still collapsed, but it healed really quickly, and I was discharged um a couple of weeks later they found my well actually a week later they found the infection and i was just sent home and they were treating it from home so it was that easy but during this time it was COVID, it was lockdown. i had no visitors i was allowed, no one was allowed in no one was allowed out i was locked down even in icu i couldn't have anyone come in i must have looked a bit sad because one of the nurses said to me do you want to see a chaplain uh, i don't remember feeling sad but that's what she said and i said oh i don't want to see a chaplain <laughs> But can I see my pastor from my church? And they were like, okay, we'll see what we can do. So they got in touch with George and Georgie and uh, Grant. Georgie and Grant turned up, laid hands, anointed me with oil, prayed over me. I was good. I was so good. I was back to normal. You know, it was like nothing had happened. It was all prayer. And then I got, um, and then at the same time, my brother. My brother had been. were talking about praying for a match both my brothers both of them were a hundred percent match that's God they couldn't even believe that doctors couldn't believe that so they brought my brother during COVID here in Rarotonga sent him to Christchurch it was locked down they treated him in my ward so I got to see him which is a real blessing and then they took his cells out put him back on the plane sent him home and they had all the cells I didn't even know if we were gonna have a bone transplant. I didn't even want a bone bone marrow transplant, but they had done it all. So that's, again, that's God, and they paid for it. I thought we would have to pay for it, but no, they paid for everything. So yeah, God God was really, really moving. (laughs) And so um, after, but after all that, I'd been sent home. I had another biopsy for the bone marrow thing. I had a, um, when I used to go and get these bone marrow, it's horrible, they have these needles about this long and they stick it in, in your back here and they dig out the bone and they dig out all the blood and it was really hurt And so I'm like, give me the gas, give me the gas kind of thing. I had a, I had a Christian doctor. A Christian doctor came in this day, his Dr. Khan, he was beautiful, and he goes, you don't need gas, Donna, you don't need anything like that, and I was like, okay, you, that's what you say? He says, no, nah. he put on the Christian music and he just spoke through and I didn't feel a thing. Not a thing. It was so, again, hallelujah God, eh? I, re- I received my results Couple about a week later. The first result I got back was the Dr. me and said, I'm sorry, Donna, but it's back. The cancer's back. <laughs> so much all my miracles, I'm thinking, eh? And um, I'm like, what? And I messaged Natasha again, and I messaged Rachel and Georgie this time, and everyone started to pray again. Um, I got a call the next day, the next day the doctor rings me up and says, look, Donna, this is really strange, but I've rung Auckland, the test that we sent to Auckland, the biopsy, is clear, the test I did here showed you had cancer, I don't understand it, (laughs) I know, I know, and and so he, he retested it, I'm sure he retested it, and when he did it, it was clear again, that was your prayer am I getting that message to you guys? It was your prayer, your prayer. Receive it, receive that, because you don't realize how powerful your prayers are in God, if you're righteous in God. So hallelujah, I was back out, well actually I wasn't back out, it was, bring on the bone transplant, bone marrow transplant. I'm thinking, no, I'm having a miracle. I really believed it. I'm still not going to have this bone transplant because I think God's done me. I'm finished. But that night, you know, a good mate of mine, he had a leukemia as well and he was waiting for his transplant. He was so excited I was getting mine. And I thought, well, okay, maybe I should do this, you know, take the big one for him and just share it, you know, and just. And, and I said, and when I thought about it, you know, God had lined everything up. You know, He, he brought my brother over. He did the cells. I had 200% matches. Everything about this transplant was just in order. I thought, this has got to be God's order. Maybe this is God's plan. My plan was like, that, eh. but His plan was like, yeah, you need to do this. So this was part of my journey for some reason. So I thought, okay, God, if that's what you want, I'm going to do it. And you know what? The scent, this, this trust the sense of trust in him became overwhelming. And I believed God had this. And that's why I've got a little sign down there saying trust, I had to look, I used to look at that every morning and I'd just trust Jesus, because the bone marrow transplant is, uh, is pretty ugly. You know, the doctor gave me a bit of a stats, you've got 10 people, first four people when they have a transplant would die just because it's ugly. Second lot of four people would die or they get a chronic disease. You get, this, you get this thing called graft versus host, where the cells that's given to you will attack your cells. And so the next three months after that, is your likelihood of dying or getting a chronic disease is high. And then you've got two people who will walk away. Yeah, I thought, wow, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be that two people. <laughs> I'm like, God, I know you've got this. And he, yeah, and he did. So I, I had it. Unfortunately, my friend, he didn't get to have his transplant. Yeah, but it was a bit, but anyway. Um, So I went on with the transplant. Uh, It wasn't the miracle healing that I had been hoping and praying for. And I was able to finally accept that it's not the healing, miracle healing that I was hoping and praying for. Not in the sense that I'm going to have this overnight and I don't have to go through this journey. It was a miracle healing in that um, God was with me throughout this journey, the miracle is not about the healing, and I want you guys to grasp that, it's not about the healing, it's about the journey, and how he was there with me the whole time, he was just so with me the whole time, that was the miracle, Mm. (laughs) and it was worth it, it was worth it, just having that journey, and being able to share with you, and if you guys receive it, then it was all worth it, so don't make it not worth it, okay, (laughs) receive it. So I went um, and had the transplant, and it meant more intense chemo, it meant I was given all the transplant of the cells, which was horrible, ugly, it, it was um, my immunity dropped to nothing, so I had nothing, basically that's when all the fevers started again, I had diarrhoea, I had lost appetite, I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink, I had, I had um, ulcers all down my GI tract, I had I was, just everywhere. Um, I was on morphine 24 7. I had a feeding tube. Uh, it was pretty tragic for that, for that first, you know, when, when everything disappeared. And then I got more chemo on top of that. And I just kept reading my sign saying, No, just trust God, just trust God. And then the doctor came in and he was about to go and leave and he says to me, Donna, you're going to feel crappy like this for the next couple of weeks until your counts come back. So, you know, just hang in there. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> just give me the morphine. <laughs> because it was, I was, uh, it was horrible, actually, that morphine was, yuck. Yep. I didn't like it at all. It made you feel even worse. And I just thought, okay, and I, and I got in touch with Natasha and all my prayer warriors, and you guys started praying again. And I'm not kidding, the next day, I was feeling good. And I was thinking, oh, they're praying for me, they're praying for me again, I know it, you know, I just knew it. And I thought, I'm going to message Natasha and say. Um, When I, I didn't though, I didn't message her. And that afternoon, it all came back. And I was like, oh my gosh, I should have messaged Natasha just to thank her for all the prayers that you're doing. The next morning came and um, I felt good again. And I was like, this time, I'm going to let you guys know that your prayers have been answered. So I messaged her and said, thank you for the prayers because I feel better. That afternoon, I was taken off the morphine. I was taken off the feeding tube. I was taken. I no more fevers. The diarrhea had stopped. Everything started to clear up. The following week, all my my counts started coming up. The following week, I was discharged. It was completely gone. Everything. I know. I was, again, that was that was the prayer. The. the they couldn't believe it, no one could believe it. Uh, they're just like, wow, you really healed early. So I was sent home, I became an outpatient, I was visiting the hospital twice a, twice a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother or my sister-in-law were taking me to the hospital, then they got work busy. Then Octavia, or Georgie tried, and then Octavia, she's a nurse down there. Every single session that I had with doctors was covered. God covered it, she, he, you know. Her, her shift work always went around my hospital, just by God's provision and then um it was two days a week and then as about months later i was given a car <laughs> that i could drive <laughs> and then i drove that in Christchurch, so i was able to drive myself to them so you know god was providing 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 the whole way and it takes six months to go off all the imp- suppressants that they've given me i was on all these drugs that really um knocked you around a bit it took me six weeks i was taken off everything and i just looked at the doctor and said I need to be here, and he's like, "Well, well, no, <laughs> you've done. We're just monitoring you from now on. You know, there's still little things that I've got to go through. I still have too much iron, so they've got to keep bleeding me. I still need to get shots and stuff like that. But um, the chances of leukemia—it's leukemia. It's a nasty type. They don't believe I am where I am today. So, should it come back, it's something I've—you know—it could." but there's nothing they could do. There's no way what, they, what has happened to me this round that they could ever have done again. And they don't even believe it was hap- able to happen this time. So if that came back, it came back. Uh, the graft-versus-host disease, chronic disorders, that could happen, but who am I gonna believe? Who am I gonna listen to? Am I gonna just take notice of what the doctors say or am I gonna take notice of what, what our God says? So I'm just, and you know what, to be honest, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because every day I'm here is gonna be about God. God has put me on this earth and left me on this earth because it's about Him. My life is His and I'm saying that to you all now as my testimony, my life is Christ's and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to bring people to Him. So just to conclude, what did I get out of this journey? And I trust God. I so trust our Jesus. I trust our God with my whole heart. I trust others. I, I could never I could never turn to people in the church. I wasn't, you know, I had a few people I was close to, but I, I found it really hard to, to connect. Um, it's just the independent spirit. It's just the pride. Um, asking for people to do things for me because, you know, if you're on your own, you, you don't want to turn and ask for help. But God gave me this trust and others than and um never mind the pride I, i'm gonna ask for help if i need it and and I, i'm gonna continue to and i hope you guys out there do the same it's not about you and god and your walk it's about what god's given us in our walk you know he gave us a church he gave us people he gave us each other to connect to work together because when you go through a hard time you can't do it on your own And if you say, oh no, me and God's got this, yeah, you and God's got this, but you need your family. You need your family. God gave us churches and community so that we can feed of each other. I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer. (laughs) And again, I thank you all for your prayer. Stay righteous in God. Stay in order with God. Doesn't matter what church you're in. I'm just making the most of you because you're in one church whatever churches you're in and you're all playing in accord, united and in order with God your church your, your prayers are powerful they are so powerful God's grace it's God's grace I'm a true example I didn't do anything I don't deserve any special healing over anyone else I said to the Lord you know all these people who are coming in with cancer, what's the answer? What's the answer, Lord? And he told me, Jesus. It's Jesus. And I was like, Lord, I don't have a family. I'm just, it's just me. Um, no one's going to miss me, you know, if, if I had died or anything. It's just that uh, I've got kids or anything. So, um, and yet there's people out there with families who, who have. And I was like, you know. And he goes, what I do for you... I do for everyone I'm not a special person we are all special people he did it for all of us again grasp that so the word put it on your heart it's real put it on your heart faith faith is not the claim name it, claim it I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe it's not that it's taking his promises, it's taking his promises from the word, it's taking his promises and and seeing it every day and writing in it and saying, the Lord said he will heal me, the Lord said I will not die but live and proclaim the works, the Lord said that's what faith is, knowing what he said is real, that this is true, that's faith, I thought I had a a pretty good faith before, but nah, I was off the mark, and I'm still not there. Still not there. It's so huge. It's so huge. You've got to keep pushing into God. You've got to keep reading His Word. You've got to keep connecting to cell groups. You've got to keep connecting to prayers. You've got to keep doing the everyday routine that Jonathan was talking about. You have to do that, because on our own, we can't do it. And I challenge every one of you who say, yeah, I can do it. I've got it. I'm reading the Word by myself. I can do this. I can do that. But I challenge you that, because... Because if you were, your life would be different. Your life would be so different. Hebrews 10:35, 36. Don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So I remember asking, yeah, just keep persevering. Keep pushing in. Keep believing God's got you. Keep believing God is your master. Remember God, Jesus died on the cross for you. And we're going to be moving mountains. And when we combine together as a church, as a family, and we start praying for other people, man, Rarotonga, the world will be saved. Amen. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebrationraratonga.com. Until next time.